Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Refuge Online. We're so glad you could tune in this morning. We have a very powerful message uh, that God has given me to deliver to you, and I trust that I'll be able to share from my heart to minister something that can really encourage you in this season. I usually like to start off by introducing myself, and my name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor at Refuge, and I like to start out with a little bit of humor. I think sometimes humor can uh, lighten the, the room and, and help us to, to prepare to receive from the word. Um, the Bible says that uh, laughter works like a good medicine. And so in this time and season, we're practicing, or at least we're supposed to be practicing, social distancing. So while social distancing, there was a couple that went for a walk, and they scored a couple of packages of toilet paper. The moral of the story is, don't leave your garage door open. Okay? Anyway, now... If that one didn't go over, I have another one. I always have a backup. Some states have banned all groups larger than five. Now, if you have a family of six, this could be a problem. But you're about to find out who is the least favorite. Okay? Now, this morning, the Lord put upon my heart to share a message with you entitled, Faith Demic versus fear-demic. We're going to talk about the contrast of faith versus fear. And so before we begin to share this message, let's take a moment and join our faith together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to bring your word. Father, to share truth that will bring help to lives of people that may be hurting in this very moment. Father, to strengthen the hearts of believers. We thank you, Father, for moving by your spirit through the word as it goes forth. Father, help me to effectively communicate truth that can be impactful and meaningful in people's lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, when we look at this whole concept of faith versus fear, and in light of what we're dealing with in the pandemic Uh, in this world that we're living in, in this moment, we understand that there is a faith-demic and a fear-demic that are in contrast with each other. And when we talk about the subject of fear, we need to understand that fear had an origin. In fact, the first time we see fear mentioned is in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, The very first man, Adam, after he had sinned, he hid himself from God because of the shame of of what that sin had caused in his life. And because of fear, he hid himself because of his shame. And and that's what his response was to God when God began to reach out to him and, and to look for him in the garden. Adam's response says, I hid myself because I was afraid. He had fear. And that fear was because of shame in his life. Now, fear can be caused by a number of things, and shame is a contributing factor of that. But we need to understand that when Adam recognized his condition without God, fear took over. 
and begin to dominate his life. And so often that's what happens with us. Fear takes over and it begins to dominate our life. But it's the assurance of God's presence that confronts fear in our lives. So when we have an encounter with God, when we encounter his presence, it attacks the fear that would often dominate us. And so that's an important truth and principle we need to understand. You see, we need the right foundation in our life to overcome our fear. And this morning as I share, my trust and belief is that you're going to be able to overcome fear that you're dealing with. Maybe you've been dealing with for years, but we need to address it, identify it, and and acknowledge what God can do to help you overcome that fear. When we define fear, one definition that I like is fear is dread of the unknown. It is negative expectation. Fear is a general term for anxiety and agitation felt at the presence of danger. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place of danger where you've had that sudden fear confront you, but very often that's what we can describe as a fear circumstance or situation. There is a fear factor that we need to identify and address in our life. When we look at Merriam-Webster's definition of fear, we see that Merriam-Webster defines fear as frightened, to be afraid of, to expect with alarm. It also goes on to say to be afraid or apprehensive, being fearful for your very lives. Uh, Another definition that Merriam-Webster gives us is in reference to our connection with God, and that is to have a reverential awe of God. And it's important to differentiate between the two kinds of fear, the fear of the Lord versus fear in general. The fear of the Lord is a reverential fear. It's a holy fear, or it's an awe, it's a respect, it's a trembling in his presence yet being embraced by his love. You know, when I think of God and his greatness, his awesome power to stand in his presence, it's like, I want to be on my face before him. And yet there's the embrace of his love that meets us and and touches our lives and transforms us in a very meaningful way. Now, it's also important to realize and understand that fear can be healthy when it's in the realm of respect The fear of God and the consequence of sin motivates me to turn away from sin in my life and to accept God's gift of forgiveness so I don't face his judgment. So I believe that's so important. So having that understanding of fear is important. But today we want to address fear from the negative force and aspect that has caused torment in people's lives. Now, when we talk about faith in contrast to fear, we realize that faith is all about trust. You can actually take the word faith and you can interchange it with the word trust. Faith is essentially trusting God and his word that what he said he will do. So we can trust him and take him at his word. That's what faith is. It's believing what he said. It's believing the promises that he's given to us. Jesus, toward the end of his earthly ministry and meeting with his disciples and knowing that his time of departure was about to take place, he spoke with his disciples in John fourteen twenty seven, and he made this statement. 
He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So Jesus makes this charge to his disciples. And I believe this word is also to you and me, that we are not to let our hearts be fearful, or we could say full of fear. Because when it's full of fear, there's not a foundation in our life that we can really stand on. Because there's that uncertainty that's unknowing and the dread and torment that comes with it. And the disciples faced that in the moments shortly after Jesus spoke this, when they saw him falsely accused, arrested, and put to death on the cross. Now, there's three components. And if you're taking notes, feel free to write these down. When we talk about fear-demic, there's three components of fear. The first one is the perceived threat, the perceived danger or concern that produces anxiety. And so we understand that there's a threat, there's danger, and it causes anxiety in our heart. What are we going to do about this situation? We don't have enough money to pay this month's rent. We don't have enough money to buy groceries. We don't have this in place or that in place. And so there's that perceived threat that we face. Secondly, it's the effect or the impact that it has on our life. That's the second component of fear. It has a negative effect or impact upon your life. And then thirdly, the third component is our response or reaction to it. How will we respond? How will we react to fear when we face it? Now, let me ask you this question. Is fear holding you back? Is fear limiting you? There's a scripture, and I love this passage, and and my mom recently passed away, and for the last year and a half, every time I would visit her, every time I'd go over uh, and see her, before we before I'd leave, I would take a moment and pray. We always prayed together before um, we departed. And I would pray this prayer, this scripture over her in 2 Timothy 1.7. And I would speak this word. And I'm going to read this to you in the New King James Version. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is one of my favorite Bible passages, and I do have a lot of them. But this one in particular, it gives us great assurance and hope because God doesn't give us fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. God doesn't put fear in you. Fear is generated from circumstances and other things that are going on around us. But in light of this, God gives us power. He gives us love. He gives us a sound mind so that we can navigate through this fear and overcome it. Now, does fear control your life? In fact, right now, ask yourself, what areas does fear dominate my life? Just the other day, I was in Target, and I was there with my daughter, Mackenzie, and uh, we, I had got a, a a couple of lawn chairs, um, and I had them in the cart and pushing them down the aisle. And there were some people on my right blocking that portion of the aisle. But right ahead of me, there was a lady, and she was at looking at some merchandise, and she was looking down, and I was waiting patiently. She didn't notice me, and I was waiting. I waited probably for 40 seconds. It seemed like eternity. And I finally said, ma'am, excuse me. I'm trying to get by. 
And when she looked up, she was startled and she screamed. And here she saw this man with this cart with these lawn chairs stacked on the cart. I think I just startled her. So uh, there was a moment of fear that she had. And, and I then apologized. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. And she just whisked away and just went out of sight. I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you in that moment. So um, I just thought that was a, a little bit funny, at least to me. Maybe it's not to you anyway. Uh, but we need to understand what areas, ask yourself, what areas does fear dominate your life? It could be just the moment of a situation coming up or it can be a lifelong uh, problem that keeps just nagging at you and, and wearing you down. I want to share some statements that I believe are statements that can help you understand this contrast between uh, faith-demic versus fear-demic. Faith is to anticipate the best. Fear is to anticipate the worst. What are you anticipating? Some people are so prone to go to the negative. They have a negative mindset. They're down on things and they always look at the worst case scenario rather than what is the opportunity of the moment. Uh, Another statement is faith is based on trust. Fear is based on lack of trust, or we could say insecurity. There's no foundation, there's no security in fear, but there is in faith. Fear, we need to understand, and faith both deal with the unknowns of life. There's a lot that we don't know about tomorrow, the uncertainty of the future. And right now, there are so many unknowns. When will we be able to meet again as a church? We don't know. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times the unknowns can either cause us to be fearful or be full of faith. And that's where trust comes in. We trust God with our future. And so fear and faith both deal with the unknowns of life. Another statement, faith attracts what you desire. Fear attracts what you don't desire. Or we could say what you dread. And we see in Job 3.25, a man that had uh, experienced great calamity in his life. And he made this statement in Job 3.25. He said, the thing that I've greatly feared has come upon me. And see, faith can bring the thing we desire and long for. Because faith is believing God for what you need or desire. But fear also attracts and can bring upon you what you dread and what you don't desire. And in the case of Job, fear brought upon him calamity. And and that identifies uh, a truth that helps us understand that whole story of Job. It was his fear that opened the door for the devil to rob, to kill, to steal, and destroy from his life. Now, fear is an expectation of what you dread. And again, faith is an expectation of what you desire. So just get that down and understand that. I believe that's a very important truth. Now, we need to use fear as a motivation to conquer what is limiting you or holding you back. I believe that fear is a repressor that locks you in the prison. And sometimes it attempts to throw away the key. But fear, I believe, wants you to become its victim. Fear is a tormentor. There's a passage that we see in 1 John 4, 18. 
that states and declares very boldly, 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. That's a powerful statement. Fear and love cannot stay in the same place. One has to go, but they can't stay together. There is no fear in love. And it goes on to say, but perfect love casts out fear. Now, this word perfect means mature love, developed love, and it is associated with the love of God, which is so amazing and so perfect. And so it says perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You know, when I see this passage, I realize that whatever fear I'm dealing with, it's an area that gives me an indication where God's love has to continue to do a work in my life. Because as that love is perfecting God's work in me, fear will be driven out. A revelation of God's love, I believe, is the greatest cure for fear so that you can begin to operate in faith. Because without faith, the scripture says it's impossible to please God in Hebrews eleven six. So if you're going to combat fear, you need a revelation of the love of God because love drives fear away. 1 John four eighteen in the New International Version of the Bible states this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. It drives it out. Now, when we look at faith demics response, when we look at faith's response, how do we respond in faith? Faith identifies the appropriate Bible promise that addresses the need or the desire or the problem or the condition that you're facing right now. So there's a promise in the word for any situation or circumstance that you ever face in this life. It's recorded here. The answer is found in the words in the scripture that have been given to us by God. With the faith response, we understand that faith refutes contradicting circumstances that don't line up with the word of God. So when we respond in faith, in contrast to fear, then we refute the contradicting circumstances that don't line up with God's word. And number three, faith is to put your trust in God and his word and believe that what he said is true. See, God is not a liar. In fact, the scripture even reveals that, that he's not a man that he should lie. And he's going to help you not only to grasp and understand the truth, but to walk in the revelation of it. Have you ever been asked in life, what is your greatest fear? Again, I want to mention that again, because if not, ask yourself that question. For my youngest daughter, and I won't mention her name, you can figure that out if, if you know our family. It was ladybugs. Um, and for my older daughter, it was the fear of driving. And growing up as a dad, I can remember being in maybe the kitchen or something or in the, in, in the living room, and I hear this blood-curdling scream. And my daughter, Mackenzie, runs out of the room and said, Daddy, Daddy, kill it! And this is when she's a lot younger, okay, so hopefully she's grown past her fear of ladybugs. But I go into her room, and there in the corner, like close to the ceiling, there was a ladybug on the wall. 
And I would tell her, it's only a ladybug. It can't hurt you. But it's, I'm scared. So daddy would just be nice and take care of the ladybug. With my older daughter, with driving, I can remember when we went to the DMV, we got her temporary license. And I'm so proud as a dad that my daughter has now got her temporary license. And so I'm going to have her drive home. And so we get in the vehicle and we were going to take the back road so that there's less traffic. And so we get in the car. The first thing she said, Dad, what side of the road am I supposed to be driving on? And I'm thinking, uh-oh, we have a problem here. <laughs> and so I made sure, okay, you, you drive on the right lane, right side of the road. And so we, we went about a quarter of a mile down the road. We made a right-hand turn. And we're going along just doing really fine. And all of a sudden, there's an oncoming car coming down the road. And she started just losing it. She pulled the car to the side, put it in park, and jumped out. Said, Dad, I'm done. Take over. And I'm sitting there in the, in the, in the passenger seat. I'm thinking, what is going on? So uh, needless to say, I had to drive home and uh, had a little lecture with her. But uh, she's overcome her fear of driving, and she does quite well. She actually lived in Tulsa and navigated through all that heavy traffic down there in the south. But yeah, anyway, so uh, are you facing your fear? Are you confronting it? Because it won't go away by ignoring it. Just as my daughters had to confront their fear, the younger daughter of the ladybug, and my older daughter of, of her uh, fear of driving, they had to face those fears to overcome those fears. And so they're, they're not an issue in their life anymore. See, we are to conquer our fear. We need to understand that faith and fear are on opposite, opposite sides of a spectrum. If we have a spectrum to, a, to my right and to my left, and if we said this is faith, on this side, and this is fear on that side. We need to understand that we're either moving in faith, walking in faith, or we're walking in fear. And so, which direction are you walking in? Now, we obviously have to face our fear, but we're not to walk in it. We face it, deal with it, and then we walk in faith. And when another fear begins to attack us, we face it, and then we turn around and we continue to walk in faith. But fear will constantly be harassing us in different seasons, in different stages of our life where we have to confront it and deal with it. Does that make sense? Hopefully you can understand that. I, I know you can. You're smart people. Now, you are either, again, walking in faith or walking in fear. They are polar opposites. Fear is an enemy of faith, but it's also a motivator. And I believe that fear and respect are related. I respect a poisonous snake, so I most likely will not pick one up uh, and get bitten by that snake. Um, and you know what? I have to be real honest with you. Every time I prepare to speak public or speak before an audience, I have to deal with fear. I have to confront that fear. But you know, that fear is a motivator because it helps me to make sure that I'm prepared to deliver a message so that I don't stand before the people without anything to say. 
Now, you've heard of the word phobia. Phobia is simply the fear of something. Now, there's a website, if you want to check this out, it's kind of interesting. It's called healthline.com. And there's a list of phobias. These are clinical phobias of, of fears that people deal with in their life. And you'll find more than 100 on a list that is given there. Now, a phobia is an irrational fear of something that is most unlikely to cause harm. The word itself comes from the Greek word phobos, which means fear or horror. Now, have you heard of a, a hydrophobia? What is that? That simply literally means fear of water, somebody who's afraid of water. And then there's autophobia. That's the fear of being alone. And, and there's a whole list of these. Uh, there's a bathmophobia. Now, when I first saw that bathmophobia, is that being afraid of the bathtub? No. It's actually the fear of stairs or steep slopes. And then there's a bibliophobia. And I thought, well, that has to be maybe fear of the Bible. Now, I know some people are afraid of the Bible. But bibliophobia is the fear of books. Can you imagine being afraid of books? Uh, maybe somebody had a childhood trauma of a bookshelf and books falling down on them. Who knows? But then we have bacteriophobia, which is fear of bacteria, which in light of COVID, that's a, that may be a real issue for some of you right now. Now, whether it's insects, spiders, ladybugs, bumblebees, there's all kinds of little critters and creatures out there that people may be afraid of. As a young child at the age of five years, I disturbed a beehive and I was attacked by bees. And I found out at that age that bees can become very angry, angry to the point where they will give their very life by putting their stinger in your body and then ultimately die. And in that encounter, as a child of five years of age, I received more than 50 bee stings. My parents rushed me to the hospital. My face was swollen. And so as a young child, I had a horrific fear of bees because of that attack. It created such trauma in my life. And I can remember about two years later, I was probably seven or eight. Anytime I'd be around a bee, I would be terrified. I'd run in the house. And I realized at one point, I need to overcome this fear of bees. So one spring, and I was probably about 10 years of age at this point, I can remember getting a mason jar, a quart mason jar, and I had a lid ready, and I went out to the lilac bush, and there were bumblebees at the lilac bush, and I was brave enough to get close enough to one of the lilacs, and I put that jar over that lilac, and I was able to capture that bumblebee. I put the lid tightly on that jar, and I can remember holding that jar, and my hands were literally trembling in fear as I was facing that bumblebee. And as a child, I realized I'm not going to let this fear control my life anymore. And it was in that moment I overcame that fear. And I can remember at a later point, I undid the jar and let it go. But I was free because I faced my fear. Now, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about some of my other fears uh, later here. But um, we must 
determine whether we overcome our fear or let our fear overcome us. Some, ve- some fear is not real. It's only perceived to be because we've believed a lie. And so that's why I believe that sometimes the things we fear is, a, is based on deception because we're believing a lie. Uh, I came across a number of years ago an acronym that describes fear. Fear is simply false evidence appearing real. The greatest power that we're up against is deception in this life. There are multiple verses in the New Testament that address deception with phrases, be not deceived. And I encourage you to do a study on that and look at all the scriptures that warn us about deception. Deception started in the book of Genesis with Eve. And we won't go into any more of that. But again, my greatest fears, I want to talk about them today. Maybe you can relate to some of them. Uh, I already talked about my fear of bees. And, uh, you know, another fear I had was fear of heights. I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, When we were growing up, we had the thought one day, we asked our dad, can we build a tree house? And he had some spare lumber around, and so we went to task, and and I can remember uh, he helped us build this ladder, pounding these boards into this tree. And it only went up maybe about 10 feet, and then the uh, tree house was built in the, the first branches of the tree. And yet that height was so terrifying for me. And going up that ladder was so terrifying for me because I was afraid I was going to fall and get injured. And so we also, growing up, we grew up on a farm, and we had a silo. And how many of you know what a silo is? It's a tall cylinder structure, and it it stores uh, silage or uh, chopped corn. And with that silo, there's these uh, steps that go up to the top of the silo. And so I would watch that silo, And I would think to myself, I'm going to climb that silo. And between the ground and the first rung of the steps that went up to the top of the silo, there was probably about six or eight feet. So I got a stepladder. I put it against the silo. I crawled up the stepladder, and I began to make my way up that silo. And my whole body was literally shaking in fear. And yet in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, I'm facing this fear. And, and, and I don't even know if I was calling on the Lord at that time because I, I really didn't have a relationship with the Lord like I do now. But I can remember making my way up there and, and just shaking in fear. And I look at the ground and I would be frozen for a moment. And I'd realize, no, I have to keep going up. And as I was going up, there was a trap door at the top. There was a basket on the top. And I pushed my way through that trap door. The trap door came down and I stood on that platform. And I looked at the beautiful countryside around me. And I'm thinking, wow, I conquered my fear of heights. This is amazing. My view, it was spectacular. And I even carried up my camera, so I'm taking pictures. They were black and white, by the way. (laughs) That kind of dates me. But I can remember the next thought that came to me, oh, no, I have to go down that ladder. And the fear of going down was greater than the fear coming up. I, I can't explain it, but I, I managed the courage and I was able to get down that silo. You know, and, and from there, you know, uh, overcoming my fear of heights, it, it kept moving from going up a ladder 
to climbing up the silo, to climbing a mountain. I lived in Idaho for about two and a half years, and I, I climbed a, a, a couple of mountains while we were there, living, living out there with my brother. And, and then the greatest feat of my climbing was climbing a radio tower, radio station tower in Louisiana with a friend of mine, hundreds of feet high, and we climbed. It was a huge tower, so we were able to walk and crawl up on the inside. But when we got near the top, we had to go out on the outside of that tower to climb around uh, some of the equipment that was inside that blocked our way from going to the top. And we walked right up to the top, or climbed up to the top, and put our hands on the light on the top. Now, I think that's probably illegal, so I don't recommend you doing that. Don't get any ideas. That was a foolish thing to do. But I can remember looking down from the top of that antenna, hundreds of feet in the air, thinking, what in the world am I doing? And my physical body was literally shaking and trembling. And, you know, breezes up there can be pretty strong, even though it seems calm on the ground. But it was getting quite windy, so we were able to manage to get, uh, manage to get down safely. And uh, I vow I'll never do that again. Now, the next thing, and I still want to do this at some point, is skydiving. And uh, that would totally prove that I've overcome my fear of heights. Anyway, so until you overcome your fears, let me just say this. You will limit your experience in life. Let your fear motivate you to action. Your fear of poverty should motivate you as a young person to get a good education and to get a, so you can get a job that you can provide for yourself and not live with your parents for the rest of your life. So are you willing to live in fear and let it torment you? Or are you willing to rise up against it and conquer it? Whatever your fear is, there are principles, I believe, that God has established for us to overcome them. The word builds faith in us. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I would like to say, too, that the presence of fear is proof that you are focusing on the lies of the enemy rather than on the promises of God. I love the promise we see in Psalms 23, verse 4, because you may be facing a life and death situation. But Psalms 23, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So, on what have you been focusing lately? Is it God's word? Or is it the problems that you're facing in life? Is that your primary focus? If we want to see fear leave us and depart from our lives, we must simply begin to focus on what is written what God has said is the truth. It's not just a truth, it is the truth. I believe that faith is all about trust. It's essentially trusting God in his word and what he said, that he's faithful to perform it and do it. I want to close with a verse of scripture in 1 John 5, 4, because this passage, I believe, has given me great hope and encouragement and it will to you as well. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We realize that life is filled with challenges that can overcome us and bring us to a place of defeat. It, it really can. But faith allows us to overcome every cha challenge that comes to us so that we can enjoy the life 
of victory that God has promised us, that Jesus won for us. Faith that overcomes. What does it look like, overcoming faith? I believe it looks like somebody that takes God of his word and begins to walk in the truth that has been written. We realize that God's word is the final authority. It's the final authority, not just an authority. It's our constitution. In fact, it's what we live by. We live according to the principles and the truth that we see in the Bible. I believe that faith that overcomes is persistent and it never quits. It embraces the promises and never lets them go and never gives up. Faith, there's a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, faith is taking the first step even though you don't see the whole staircase. See, it's taking that first step and, and, and maybe fear is holding you back and limiting you today. And today I want to invite you to take a step of faith so that you can live a life of faith. You know, as a young child, I put my fear in a jar that bumblebee was in the jar. I sealed it in the jar. Maybe some of you need to seal your fear in the jar this morning. Maybe some of you need to begin to take steps up that ladder to overcome your fear. And I believe God can help you take the step. He can help you confront your fear so that you can walk in his victory. We want to extend an invitation to you this morning. Are you going to embrace the faith-demic or the fear-demic? I want to lead you in the prayer, and I, I call it a believer's prayer. Maybe you had a place in your life that you've never really wholeheartedly given your life to Jesus. You've never totally surrendered your life to him. You've never totally determined that you're going to live for him and walk with him. I want to extend an invitation if you're listening this morning and you're not really walking with God. Maybe you have questions about the things of God. Maybe you don't know where you stand with God. If you were to die today, there's uncertainty of where you would go. You can have an assurance and a knowing when you make your peace with God that you can spend eternity with Jesus because God sent Jesus, his son, to die for you on the cross many years ago so that you could receive the gift of eternal life. On that cross, he took your sin. He bore your penalty. He took the sentence of judgment and embraced the wrath of God in your place so that you could receive God's love and forgiveness and receive the gift of eternal life. And so first we want to lead you in a prayer that we're going to pray concerning those that may be dealing with, with fear in their life. But if, if you would repeat this prayer, you say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God, but I'm willing and ready to surrender to Jesus today. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, your son. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I acknowledge that you died in my place, Jesus, that you took my sin, you bore my shame. Lord Jesus, I believe you rose from the dead for me to give me life. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now as my Lord and my savior. I repent for my sins. Lord, make my life what you want it to be. 
I open my heart to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they become a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Jesus gives us a fresh start. He gives us a new life. And that life is a life that you will discover God's peace, find his purpose, and find your place in his kingdom because he has a place that he's prepared for you. And if you have need of a Bible, you can reach out to us. You can email us or or text us, and we'll make sure you can get a a Bible that uh, you can read and begin to uh, in your journey with God. And whatever other way we can reach out to you, we're here for you. Um, For those of you today that are dealing with, with fear and uncertainty of the future, or maybe you're dealing with other circumstances, um, God wants to meet you at your point of need. So if you would pray with me as I pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for everyone that is listening. Father, as we identify and acknowledge the fear that we're facing, Father, help us to be able to conquer that fear, to face that fear. We don't face it alone. You've given us authority in the name of Jesus. Therefore, we take authority over every fear that would be tormenting the hearts and the lives and the minds of people. And Father, we thank you for allowing faith to arise in our hearts so that we can overcome fear in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for your blessing, your provision, your protection over the people that are listening and tuned in today, that you would meet them at their point of need in Jesus' name. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge. 